0: Hello and welcome to another show of the po- the podcast, Made for Tradesmen, The Show Up Dad. My name is David Mendonca. This uh, episode is actually brought to you by our sponsor, which is Line11 Clothing. They are a clothing company, lineman-owned, American-made, great gear, and right now they're doing this special for a fallen brother in our trade, uh, Nick Busemi. and... They're taking the proceeds of what they're doing and they're going to donate it to his family, which is really awesome. I mean, Gene Gladman, I can't speak enough about the guy. He's been a guest here before on the podcast and he's doing amazing things. So if you guys get a chance, go to line one, one, it's on Instagram and, you know, go ahead and get one of them shirts. I mean, he makes real high quality stuff. I can't stress that enough. I mean, it's, it's for the working man, American made. So I just thank you, Gene, for supporting us and all that you do, brother. So let's go ahead and give you a little quick bio of my guest tonight. His name is Jeremy Nix. He's a former hostage negotiator. With that being said, he is now a successful entrepreneur. Uh, In the last three years, he built the high seven-figure generating business with his wife of 19 years. In addition... uh, like I talked about, he's an active certified hostage and crisis negotiator and communications expert. That's one of the reasons why I brought him on this podcast for the night is because he's going to talk to us about communicating to our children. Uh, there's a book out there called that I touch base on one of the other episodes of the podcast. It's called uh, the, uh, the uh, gosh, I just slipped my mind. It's a called verbal judo. Okay, great book. Great read. I know those guys study it and and learn it and live in they put it in practice, especially with the, you know, high risk situations, you know that they deal with being in the hostage negotiate negotiating realm. Okay, so he's going to talk to us how to talk to our children. And it's gonna be really cool. You know, um, Jeremiah or Jeremy utilizes his skills to help other men and entrepreneurs level up in their health and wellness through habit formation and process development. His first priority is his faith, followed by his family. He is a present dad to two teenage sons and is determined to lead by example to show them that you can build a successful life without sacrificing your values or the people you care most about. So let's go ahead and welcome them on here and I'm excited to have him here. So Okay, Jeremy, welcome to the show up, Dad Brother, a podcast for tradesmen. I'm super stoked to have you on here. Thanks for coming out today for this episode. And I kind of want to just kick things off today by having you give listeners an overview of your story, both personally and professionally
1: for sure so personally i am a dad to two teenage boys one's a 15 year old and one is 17 almost 18 married to my uh, my wife for 19 years coming up this january it'll be 19 years and um that really is like that's they are what i love they are what i love about life they're like they're who i like to be with they're who i who i who i like to succeed for um it's it's my family outside of that i was actually a pastor for 14 years followed that up by being in law enforcement for the last decade specifically as a hostage and crisis negotiator and my wife and i own a successful health coaching business which is why i recently literally last week recently retired um, from a decade of law enforcement and now i'm working working with my wife the two of us as partners um so that i can be actually more present for my kids that was one of the biggest things that that uh, that i wanted out of it
0: that's super awesome bro i just uh just once again just want to thank you for coming on here you know this is such a great thing to have you on here and i just want you to i just want to try to encourage you to share both how you have evolved over the years you know what i mean as well as a relevant career experience and expertise and just kind of talk about what are some of the big issues that bag down fathers that that make fathers not step up to the plate to be an engaged responsible committed father what do you see
1: yeah I see um I see two things really more than anything what I see with dads and I struggle with this I think that's the one thing that I think it's important that everyone knows is like Me coming on here i'm honored to be able to come on and share what i have learned about parenting over the last almost 18 years um but i'm really just a like a fellow traveler if you will uh i'm a guy who really has learned from making a whole lot of mistakes with my kids i've made a whole lot of mistakes in my marriage and so so those mistakes um have actually taught they've been sometimes hard lessons but they've been good lessons and i think there's two things that i have noticed about men um one a lot of us dads we don't think we can have both we don't know that we don't live in the world of of both and and what i mean by that is it's like either i gotta be i gotta be the provider i gotta be the guy who goes to work i gotta like i gotta be focused on getting my stuff done and so i'm so focused on providing that i I forget to enjoy the provision with my family so so I think a lot of guys think I have to have one or the other either I'm the provider or I'm the ever-present dad and um and I just see that a lot. We get so caught up in building the life that we actually don't live the life with our, with our families. And it causes this distance between us. By the time we get home from whatever that life is that we've been building for, by the time we get home to it, we're either too exhausted, nobody understands us, or we just, we just disconnect rather than engage in the, with the very people that we're trying to build this life with i think that's that's number one and i think number two i think we struggle oftentimes as dads i think we struggle when it comes to just sitting down connecting and relating to our kids Um, we we have a hard time we think that to take off the Not even to take to to put on the relatable hat is to take off that father figure hat. Like suddenly, if I'm not there being the authority, the authority, then, like, like that, I don't know what to be. I don't know how to like just be with my kids. And if I'm either in charge or I'm disconnected, and I see that, I know that happened with me a lot. I would come home from work and I was either too tired to engage or. I was like, "Hey, you need to take care of this." I, I immediately went into authoritative mode rather than connecting mode with my kids, and I think that that is a big problem with with dudes in general. And um, I I think there's also this thing that happens in guys, and I think this is probably where the authority comes from. I think it's where also where that provider, like instead of just um, connected individual in the family, comes from. Is I think John Eldridge said it who writes amazing books. If you haven't read any any of John Eldred's books, like amazing. And I think, I don't remember which book it was, but he says basically that inside every man, there is this need to be told that like, you've got this, Mm. like you are, you've got this. And at the same time, inside every man, there's this fear that I'm going to be found out that I don't got this. Mm. So we have this need to know that we've got it. And we have this fear that someone's going to find out we've been faking it the whole time that i'm not as tough as i want to that i want to come across that i don't have it all together like like i want you to think i do uh and inside almost all of us there's something in our life maybe not every part of our life i'm really confident in certain areas of my life but there's something in my life i'm like ooh, if my kids ever find out about that they find out that dad doesn't have it all together there or if my wife ever ever finds out about that at some point i'm gonna get found out and and at the same time. It's that very thing that we're hoping that someone will look at us and go, hey, you got this, you're all right. And so I think that's where sometimes that comes from that, that where we struggle to connect with our own kids is that we got to keep it. We got to keep it put together. Mm-hmm. we got to keep it put together. I'm the provider. I'm in charge. I am dad. And sometimes they just need you to be dad. Mm-hmm. Same word, just said a different way. And, um, and, and they just need that, that. And so I think that's what I see. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. Yeah um, Yeah, I, I can I can see that in my life as well. You know what I mean? Um, A lot of times, I think we let our ego get in the way. You know, my yep. wife used to say that you're in work mode is what she would tell me. She's like, you know, I don't need you talking to me like a lineman. You know, yep. at home with the kids, you need to be, you need to watch your harshness, your level of harshness. Yeah. Is what she used to tell me, it, it's true, man. I'd come home and I'd be right away. You know, you're wasting moves. You know. Uh, you know, why are you doing this? You know, why don't you do this first? And just kind of micromanaging instead of letting them figure it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. Yeah,
1: man, I, I, I remember coming home to my, he's now 17, almost 18, but I remember coming home to him when he was 13 years old and my wife and i actually had to we had to implement some things because uh, there's i took some steps in my life that we can talk about in a second but i took some steps in my life um, which led to me wanting to have more steps towards health Um, and but before that i didn't really have a detoxing system from when i'd come home from work and kind of like you as a lineman like your life is on the line right so like you don't there's no room for error and for me um, same thing was true like if i if i say the wrong thing at the right at the wrong time literally as a hostage negotiator people's lives are on the line not mine necessarily but somebody else's and so responsibility and accountability to my word accountability to my actions is a big deal at work it's a matter of life or death at work so i would come home and if my if my something was left out like why isn't this put away why, why didn't you deal with this? You need to, and then I get the excuse, right? Your kid's 13 years old. Of course he's gonna give you excuse. Oh, dad, I, I forgot about that. And I remember looking at him one time and I, again, why do I need to be this way? I, I, I didn't, I don't understand why it was, but I looked at him and I'm like, let me tell you something. The back of my patrol car is filled with people who make excuses like you make. I basically told my son he was gonna be a convict And, and my wife looked at me and she goes, you're not at work. We are your family. You're not on patrol. You're not, you're, you're, be a dad. Don't be a cop. And that was like a big, oh, yeah. Cause you do, you bring it home. All the stuff that you expect guys at work to do, you expect your kids to be the same way. And yet, I mean, how long did it take us to grow up? I've been a six, I've been like a sixth grade boy most of my life. And so, so, anyways, I totally agree with you, man.
0: Do you feel that that created a, a chaotic atmosphere? Do you feel, being in those high stress levels. I know for me and my my experiences, even with my childhood, I was used to chaos. I craved chaos. I craved that adrenaline. So when things are going good in my life, right, I had to mess them up. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I have to have this uh, chaotic energy always going all the time. And I would bring that home to my kids and My wife told me they're like walking on eggshells when I'd come home when I come back from out of town. Do you? Do you? Did you ever have that experience as well? Or
1: yeah, I think I brought home a certain energy um, that that for me it was actually this idea that I was only as good as my next success. So I I, because so because of that I have always been a striver and a and a dreamer of someone like okay like you know, I know a lot of dudes who dream about stuff and then just move on and don't do it. I was like, Oh, if I'm going to say it, I got to get it done and I'm going to. And so I would bring that home that it was never enough. I just needed to go to the next level and the next level, which then in turn, I expected that from my kids like, Hey, and so, oh man, dad, dad's on a rampage. We're going after something new. We're pursuing something new. And, and it was really out of my own, my own personal chaos that it would then cause that for my kids and I would put this and I what I would do is put this pressure on them and I was just no fun to be around I was I was miserable because out of my own need to like constantly strive for the next thing I was never satisfied with me and then that would turn into never being satisfied with them and like my youngest boy that just shuts him down that just completely shuts him down he's like okay I just want nothing to do it. I'll be in my bedroom see you later and my oldest boy It would almost it would actually cause he and i to to go at odds and then my temper would go and then i'd find myself yelling about stuff that didn't even matter and um and so yeah so i think different a different chaos but yes i brought my junk and brought it to the family and 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 i think our i mean i'm a i'm a dad of two boys i think our our kids learn pretty quick how to read their dad and take their cues from him Mm -hmm. and so I wonder often I often wonder like okay so what have I instilled in them that they're not going to take into their homes and bring home at the end of the day and I've had to ask for a lot of forgiveness so but but yeah
0: wow that's awesome do you think some of those uh, that you know this it's called chaotic mints that we brought into our families right yep think that was spawned from our personal childhood or your personal childhood do you think oh yeah you oh yeah i thought it in okay
1: yeah i absolutely do i think that um well i'm a big proponent of counseling like i have no problem saying that i'm a dude who actually goes and sees a counselor um yeah. and i didn't do that for a long time i was actually a guy who's like i will never go see a counselor nobody's gonna get into here right and 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 then i and then a couple of years back i decided it was time to do that um, some stuff at work um, really opened my eyes to how for lack of a better term how jacked up i was and in the midst of all that i discovered some things as we talked about striving i discovered some things i call it the head nod that um that every young man again uh, because i raise i'm raising boys but i think even our daughters need it everyone needs that at some point you transition from child to adolescent to adult and for me I needed my dad. I wanted my dad to give me that head nod that says, all right, you're good to go. You're a man. Now I'll always be your dad, but you got this, you're a man now. And I had spent a good 20 years post living at home, Mm -hmm. trying to still get my, get that head nod from my dad, who in his mind had given me the head nod, but he, but it never was actually articulated and, and we never talked about it. And so, through a series of through some really cool just work that I did in my own life, um, I discovered that had a really cool conversation. I'm fortunate enough to have that kind of relationship with my dad now, and we had a conversation about it. And I almost felt bad for having to talk to my dad about some stuff that maybe he didn't do that great. He did a lot of things great. There were some things maybe he didn't do that great, and it and it had, it had hindered some of my own personal growth. And so i said something to my counselor about it and that's why i brought up the counselor says and he goes here's the thing your dad came from somebody who did some jacked up stuff and he improved on that so you're the you owe it to your dad to actually improve on the things he improved on and then your kids are going to be kind of jacked up because of some of the things you did and they're going to owe it to you for the other work that you did to improve on that so each generation hopefully we just get a little bit better and so yeah i absolutely think that so much of what we bring into any relationship into as a, as men as adults um so much of it comes from wounds I, I really believe wounds um that have to be dealt with at some point in our life and usually we don't even recognize their wounds until we're older and so so absolutely i think that our childhood our upbringing the the culture in which we were raised has massive impact on the life that we're living now there's a great great resource men's fraternity highly recommend it that that guys go through it it talks a lot about the different phases that guys go through um, at different ages like i'm in my 40s now and and honestly going in your 40s is not just a midlife crisis it actually is this time where you start to go you start to look back and you realize how much you actually don't know. Mm-hmm. And you're finally there. And you're like at this place of, in some ways it's kind of some grieving because you're like, well, that sucks. I just spent 40 years. And then in another side, it's this recreating of, okay, now that I am discovering who I really am, what do I want life to become? And so um, anyways, long, long answer, but that's my, that is my answer.
0: Yeah, I think it's great that you touched on that. And, uh, some of the studies I did, you know, just to, uh, To learn and to broaden my horizons on this topic is approval. You know, we all seek approval from our fathers. And like you mentioned, you know, it may have been something that your father had thought in his own head that he had given you the approval, but in reality, we hadn't received it. So then that turns into a workaholic to where we're striving to gain other people's approval. You know, and it's, it's almost like a self-defeating prophecy because we strive so hard, we push so hard and it turns our whole world upside down because we start forgetting about the people that are important to us. You know, I I did that in my life. Um, So I think it's awesome that you talked about that. Uh, One of the things I wanted to ask you, what are some practical steps fathers can take to improve their effectiveness in the household, you know, with their marriage and with their children?
1: Yeah. Um Yeah. I'll answer that with an accident. It happened with an accident for me. Um, and what I mean by that is so here I was, I was a cop and I you know, I was just doing the at the time I was a street cop, just working the beat, going to work, working shift work, 12 and a half hours a day, nights. And honestly I um, you work really hard to get into an academy when you're a cop and you you know and i was an older guy going into my academy because it was my second career so i worked really hard got into the best shape of my life did all this stuff to get through this academy because i didn't want these young punks to, to yeah. get one over on me so so i worked really hard and then you get out of it it's almost like it's almost like dating like you you look really good while you're dating and then suddenly you get married and you're like, Oh, Hey, I don't even have to take a shower anymore. And so same thing happened with my, with my physical health, I, um, I just stopped taking care of myself and just was doing shift work, eating, eating tons of the, the, the jokes about cops and donuts. They're not jokes They're It's a reality. And I mean, I was eating donuts and Snickers bars and just down in all kinds of like energy drinks, everything that I shouldn't do consistently. I did consistently every day, gained a bunch of weight and um ended up getting into a fight with a bank robber and which sounds really cool except for because of my physical um the fact that i had gone backwards physically my condition or lack of conditioning um, he actually almost he almost killed me I, I actually they call it the fight for your life he got he, he actually got the better of me he was on top of me and he didn't run away most guys want to run away this dude wanted to fight and he was going to fight me he was going to take my gun um he, uh, he had really hurt me and a, and a citizen stepped in and, and actually saved my life and it was a wake up call for me that i needed to do something for me um like i said it was an accident i just told i told my wife and then i and i found a coach to help me um i said i gotta get i gotta lose some weight i gotta get healthy somewhere i gotta fix this and one of the things i tell people all the time health craves health so when you get healthy in one area i will tell you right now body mind and spirit when those things are all getting healthy that's like the trifecta of awesome but I personally wasn't at a place to put in the hard work at that time. So I just was looking for something to, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to get healthier. And I think getting healthy in your body is actually one of the first places to start. And so I started there, I ended up losing a bunch of weight, but in the midst of that health craves health. So the first thing I would say is get your physical health in order. I think dudes do not take care of themselves. We just don't like, I don't have to get up and do my hair it's gone i i I don't have like i can do a lot of things without taking and i think we we eat more junk food we drink more junk drinks we just don't take as good care of ourselves physically and a lot of times it's because we have physical jobs it's like we can hide a lot of the unhealth um, for a long time i really do believe if you'll take care of yourself physically you'll begin to want to take care of other things I i see it happen all the time so that's my first thing i would say so i lost 35 pounds started feeling really good which then led me to want to take care of other things i started recognizing some bad habits the way i lost the weight was through it's actually through the program i coach now but the way i lost the weight is through actually looking finding habits and my responses to triggers in my life so for example stress i if i if i was getting stressed out the minute after a high stress incident at work i was at mcdonald's and i was there and i'm like i'm talking two and three double cheeseburgers i would i was just eating those things that's how I was handling stress so i began to recognize those stress triggers and i began to change the habit that led me to feeling better which led me to want to do other things which led me to getting counseling because of me not being necessarily the best dad and the best husband and i started to recognize triggers in my marriage that we're not healthy it wasn't food related but it's the way i was treating my wife is the way i was talking to her or not talking to her isolating myself from her so the first thing i would say is get physically healthy when i did that it's riding home with my son and he was um 13 and we were laughing because he and i wear the same size clothes now because i had lost a bunch of weight and i told him i said dude i'm going to show up to your school and I'm going to be dressed in your clothes and all your friends are going to want to hang out with me and they're not going to want to hang out with you anymore. And just making jokes, like just being the stupid dad stuff. And he got real serious and he looked at me and he said, dad, I'm so glad you did this. And I said, and I didn't pick up on it. I'm a little slow and I didn't pick up on it. I'm like, what do you mean? So glad I did this lost a bunch of weight. He said, no, I'm so glad you got better. Mm. And then he followed it up with, cause I'm not scared of you anymore number one i'm really amazed that my son recognized the difference between just losing weight and getting healthy yeah um but number two to be told that your son was scared of you Mm. was the ultimate wake-up call and it and the reason it started to change is because health craves health i started with one area of my life which led me to want to fix the next and the next and the next and so from there i made a commitment to continue to get better And so some of the things that I started to do, I told you like one of the things that I, that at that point we implemented in my family was, I had a high stress job. So my wife and I came up with a plan that at the end of each day on my way home, and I, and this, my wife's a good woman, man. She, she would do this even when I was working night shift, but. I would call her and we would detox on the way home. I would just kind of talk to her, not necessarily about every little thing that happened on in my day, but just talk, just start to talk and become, to go from in your world, from, go from lineman to husband
0: yeah,
1: um, and from my world to go from negotiator to husband. So that by the time I got home, I was ready to be husband and dad and the job was done. So that was the first thing that I did that first was health. Second was I came up with a plan to detox from work and for me that was talking it out because i'm a talker so that was for me i got i've got i've got friends that they always stop at the gym on their way home so they would say hey i'm going to stop at the gym i put in half an hour literally i got one friend half an hour at the gym that's all he does just a half an hour on his way home and um because he needs to do something to detox um i know guys that read books a lot of guys think that it you know it needs to be drinking Or it needs to be going out with their friends to the bar and that's actually the worst thing in my opinion you could do you actually need to get back to normal life not escape normal life so you do something to detox so that you can get back to normal life whereas the other things are escaping normal life um so those are those are the two things that i did is came up with i got healthy and i came up with a plan and then i really started to actually take the connecting skills that i have at work yeah and i started to implement them at home um i'm an expert in connecting with people standing on bridges with people holding guns to other people's heads with people barricading themselves if i can do that if i can connect with a guy who's going to prison for 300 years when he comes out of his house i'm pretty sure i can connect with my wife and i'm pretty sure i can connect with my kids so i began to utilize those skills to be more intentional to connect with my with my family at home um and it really had a major impact on the way we connected.
0: Well, wow, that's amazing that you said that. And uh, you started talking a little bit about uh, you know, cascading habits and stuff like that. And, and having that level of awareness that you found, you know, you recognized you, you had a problem, right? And you created a plan to go ahead and tackle that problem, which Absolutely. is really awesome. Um, for me, I did kind of like what you did. I would talk to my wife. And then also I'd go on run five miles a day. They thought I was crazy. You know, some of the, some of the jokes that the other lineman said, I was like, Oh man, he's, he's running and he's not even running from anybody. You know what I mean? That was their joke. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I agree with you 110% on that. that that's so awesome that you uh, touched on that. You were talking about some of the skills you used from work to be able to communicate with your kids. Let's go ahead and, dive a little deeper on that that we can tell the audience you know maybe some of the stuff you did and you can share yeah
1: yeah so like i said found out that my kids were actually scared of me mm-hmm. and that was a big wake-up call and so i didn't want that i actually i wanted i want to like i told you i retired from all of that simply because first of all i figured out an option that allowed me to do that but secondly because i just i want to be i want to be with the people i'm building my life with for and so um i i i took so i've i've got a lot of like training fbi certified training in in negotiations at the end of the day what a negotiator does is that they bring trust they replace a hostile environment with trust that's what we do right and so there are some very simple things to build rapport um and to connect with um our kids i John Maxwell wrote a book. John Maxwell a great leader. He wrote a book called everyone communicates, but few connect. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that we all do a lot of talking, yeah. but how many of us are actually connecting with the person on the other side? And so some of the things that I started to do with my sons, um, I learned this, this is something I actually did early on in their life from a, a mentor taught me. And I'm like, I can do the same thing now. But so one of the things was setting up a time That it wasn't about what dad wanted i think we oftentimes the way you connect with anybody is to not make it about you Mm -hmm. so if you anytime like the greatest thing to do and the greatest compliment you can pay anyone and draw them to you is by asking them about them so that looked like things like hey go into my youngest who is a football fanatic the kid if like he Eats it, he sleeps it, he breathes it, he's football. He's, he's actually at football right now. And here in California, football is actually canceled, but he's at practice. So he doesn't care. So going to him and going, hey, what do you want to do? I knew the answer was football, but hey, you want to do, what do you want to do? Whatever you want to do, let's do it. So the first way I started to connect with my kids was putting down my own agenda. So that I could actually just be present with them in their world for a second. What that looks like, um, I think a really cool thing you can do with your kids are younger is what if a half an hour before their bedtime, you go in to their room, you sit down and you let them direct the playtime. I mean, so many times we, as we, as the parents want to go like, okay, let's play a game. And then we'll start to tell them what game we're going to play. We get to pick out the pieces. We even tell them when they're breaking the rules. But instead, what I used to do with my kids when they were little is I'd go in like, Hey, what are we going to play? Cool. Which character do I get to be? Okay. What are this character's powers? Okay, great. I, I didn't set any rules. I let them run the world because so oftentimes they get, all they get is me running the world so that's the first thing was getting on my agenda for a little bit to to listen and enter their world second thing is learning to actually connect through getting really curious um i drive my son to football practice three days a week and i found that we were really quiet in the car not a lot going on and so i began to get really curious about his day. And I use one of the things that we talk about in negotiations is we don't ask yes or no questions. And as a dad, I was just asking my son these dead end questions. We don't ask yes or no questions as a negotiator. We ask open-ended questions. And so I began to make a list of open-ended questions I was going to ask my son. And so every day I wouldn't ask him, Hey, how was, how was school today? That's a dead end question. It's either good or bad, or I don't know. Instead, I would ask him questions like, Who'd you sit with at lunch today oh okay what was one thing you learned in science today what do you love most about your pe teacher what do you what class are you really like you just can't stand the teacher right now tell me something horrible about a teacher like just being curious about their. pretty soon. It got to the point where I would only have to ask one question and that would take us the entire 15 to 20 minute drive to football. It started with very little talk and then it became, and then after practice, we could pick right back up on the way home. And I found that sooner, sooner than later, not only did, did the conversations get going quicker, I didn't have to ask very many questions because he knew that I cared about his life. And so, he would actually initiate conversation. And now, he was, he was young when this started. At 15, my wife was just gone for the week. We hung out the whole time. I, I, we, we literally talked every night. We had dinner together. We, like my, now, my oldest, he's got a girlfriend. That's another issue. But he, my, my youngest was around. And, and we hung out. We talked. He initiated conversation. So, just asking questions. That sounds so revolutionary but i'm telling you or like sounds so like boring not revolutionary but i'm telling you it changes everything and and then i'll give you this last one is i call it emotional well i don't call it this emotional labeling this is really hard for dudes sometimes because we don't think we're supposed to show emotion sometimes there's something going on with our kids and we can tell and we're frustrated and they're frustrated but they don't know how to say it and we're like would you just tell us what's going on just tell me what's going on like i used to walk in on time like what is wrong with you that was my initial response like what is wrong i can tell you're sad tell me what's wrong i need to fix it i'm a dad i'll fix this instead i've started to ask the question hey what are you feeling right now about this what like how does it make how does that make you feel not because i'm a psychiatrist because i want to know what the emotion is or where do you feel it like, does this hurt your gut? Ask my kid, like, is it in your gut like ugh, this or is, is your mind just hurting because you're thinking so much? Understanding their emotional beginning or saying things like, hey, you sound pretty angry. Hey, you sound kind of scared. You sound a little disappointed. My oldest just recently got rejected from his top college that he really wanted to go to mm-hmm. and he tried to smile at me and say it was okay. But i could see him holding back i could see it behind his eyes and i said dude you're smiling right now but this feels like it's really hard and a lot to carry um what are you feeling inside and boom he broke we had a really great conversation about disappointment and unmet expectations and making his own mistakes and it was probably the closest i have felt and he has felt to me in a long time simply by getting to the emotion so those are two things that i would recommend
0: Uh, I think that's pretty awesome that you uh, utilize that with your children. And uh, I see that when you touch base and even, you know, what you're talking about in my own life with my daughter, you know what I mean? Just, you're absolutely right. Just being able to ask her those questions that aren't open-ended, you know what I mean? And just being able to communicate with her. And you're absolutely right when you talk about trust because, I think it's John Maxwell who said, trust is earned by drops and lost in buckets. So you got to build that trust. And it starts by just a little conversations. And then by the end of it, all of a sudden, you know, I hate to say it, but you can't shut them up sometimes because they just want to open up to you, you know? And yep. it's like, it's just a great win when you, when you get to that point and you see that with your kids where they want to actually start talking to you again, you know, they're, they're not closed off you know, and it, I attest that to a scripture that I once heard about capturing their hearts, you know, Malachi four, six and seven talks about turning the father's hearts to their children and their children's hearts back to the father. Well, you need to capture their heart. And in order to do that, you got to build that trust. They got to be able to trust. You. and I think that's, that's awesome that you touched on that. Um, I think the appearance of having it all together is not only inaccurate, but potentially harmful for aspiring men looking to grow and improve across different areas of their life. You and I would both be the first to admit that our journeys have been anything but easy. I mean, our lives, you know, what we did in our past lives as, as a hostage negotiator and a journeyman lineman, you know, it hasn't been easy for us. Right. So we definitely don't have it together. If you don't mind, I love for you to be able to be real with our listeners and tell us what's the number one challenge you faced or are still facing that has turned out to be a catalyst for your growth as a man. Mm.
1: Wow. So, hmm. and, and I, I share this only because of um, my wife has given me permission to, but in 2009, um, which over 11 years ago for us now, um, I, again, I was a pastor. Um, I, was a, a, I was actually I was actually the lead a leader, a leader at a church, the third largest church here in where I live in Southern California, and I had had it all had it all going well for me. My family looked like we were put together, and um, and I worked really hard to keep that image alive. i I didn't want anyone to know that anything was ever wrong i didn't want anyone to know anything bad about us i want we had it together and um and that was because i was still looking for the head nod i just was looking for the head nod and in the midst of that i made some very nearly fatal decisions that caused my wife to feel very unseen because I was so concerned about how we were seen that I wasn't seeing her needs at all. Um, I made some decisions that left my family feeling alone because what mattered most was that I succeeded. And I don't, I, I, my wife had her own things going on. We both had issues. We. Everyone brings baggage to a marriage. But in the midst of that, we got to a place that we nearly didn't continue our marriage Uh, i went from being the guy leading and the pastor counseling to the man sitting in the lead pastor's office with with my wife and i couldn't even look at her didn't want to look at her didn't want to talk to her um she had she had failed me in a way that i was i'll never forgive you and um and what really had happened is she had exposed my own weakness and my own inability to see my personal worth. Mm -hmm. And I, I do mean I do believe this, that so many of us, but specifically, let's just talk about me. I, I've, I've struggled most of my life and been challenged most of my life to believe that just being me is enough for acceptance and love the just who i am is enough i've always thought it's about what i can do for you how i can help you win if i help you win then you'll see that i'm valuable if i can take care of your needs or if i can take care of my wife's needs or my kids needs if i can provide that's what makes me valuable and that moment sitting in that pastor's office and 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 us having a conversation and making a decision um to go get some help individually and as a couple um to make a decision to stick it out even though it was really hard and the two of us were like we don't even know but to make the the commitment to stick it out that challenge led me to to it exposed a whole lot of other weaknesses in me that were then caused me to go Am I willing to stick it out on all of these things to grow, not just fight for my marriage, but to fight for the truth of, of who God says I am. And, um, so in all of that, I began to go down this journey that has now been an 11 year journey that, that, um, and I still fight it to this day, but it has been this 11 year journey of recognizing there's three themes that I see and again just bringing my faith to the to the mix for a second there's three things that i see as i've walked through life and um and and as i've looked at how the like how the bible um which which um how the bible kind of shows us that god shows up and that themes that i think that god gives us number one you are loved learning as a man that that's just it it's not like you are loved because you did something you're not loved because you're tough you're not loved because you're fearless you're not loved because because you are because you are perfect or stronger than the next guy or or whatever you are just loved so that's number one you're loved number two you're not alone i felt very alone during that season and i had to realize i've never been alone I've never, and you know what the truth was, even when I acted like my marriage was perfect, even when we, when, when our marriage felt perfect, I wasn't alone, not just because my wife and I were good. I just was never alone. And I had to learn to accept that like, Hey, even when you are alone, physically, you're not alone, that, that God is always with you. So I, I had to, that caused, it forced me to learn some of that. And then number three, the hardest one for me to admit out of all of them, you don't have to be afraid. And those are, those are three themes that I learned and I learned them going through the hardest, the scariest and loneliest time of my life as a, during a time in my marriage that I didn't know if my marriage was going to last. And now I look back at it, 11 years later, here's what's crazy. We are the same people. Uh-huh. She didn't make me a better person. I didn't make her a better person. We individually have grown, which has caused our marriage to be the kind of marriage that I never even dreamed possible and it's caused my business to grow it's caused my parenting to be better but it's because I've had to learn through heart those hard moments of and recognize like I was always feeling alone I was always feeling unloved and I was always scared mm-hmm. and I never needed to be if I could just accept the truth of how I was created who I was created to be and who did the creating does that does that answer your question Dave
0: yeah yeah I kind of want to touch a little bit more on that um, sure do you feel that those are some of the biggest mistakes a father can make that are hard to recover from? Those three things, do you think, or would it be that? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that not knowing, mm-hmm. not knowing who we are, can cause us to act in ways mm-hmm. that really can hurt those who we love. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's the best answer. Not knowing who you are, and that's the truth was. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know who i who like i said for me it's knowing who my creator is and who he created me to be and by not knowing that and not accepting even as a pastor in a church but not accepting that stuff it put undue strain undue pressure and damage into my family which then not not unfixable damage not unrepairable damage but undue damage on my family because i was trying to I was trying to be someone I actually wasn't.
0: Mm. Wow. That's a, that's amazing that you touched on that. Um, I agree with you where one of the things I always tell people is when you know who's you are, you'll know who you are. And as men, we sometimes get caught up when we don't know who we are. We get caught up in this persona, which can lead to toxic things, you know, or we get caught up in our, our jobs to where, we think that that's who we identify with, you know what I mean? So you're not no longer Jeremy Nicks. You're, I'm a pastor, or I'm no longer David Mendelka. I'm a German lineman. I can do yeah. whatever I want to, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that, that's, that's some great truth you dropped on us, and I, I thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I know that couldn't be that easy to be able to talk about it, you know, and I, I thank you for sharing that to our audience. Absolutely. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, just ask you if you don't mind. I'd love to hear what you would have to say about, say, if you ran into yourself and you're 20 years younger, you're coming out of a coffee shop, right? Coming out of the coffee shop, you see yourself 20 years younger. What is some of the stuff you would tell him if you had only 60 seconds to tell him anything? What would you tell him about being a father that you would learned to where you're at now?
1: Mm. First thing I would tell them about as it relates to being a father, Mm -hmm. I would tell them to embrace every moment because as a dad now of almost 18 year old, a 15 year old, you blink and you don't realize it, it's over. So embrace every moment, Um, screw up often, but ask for forgiveness even more frequently Mm. Um, because you're not going to do this right but the, the most right thing you can do is be open to be, to ask for forgiveness and be humble about it. Um, I would say that I would give that, I would give me, Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: would give me the head nod. I would say you have got this, Mm -hmm. you are way more equipped. You're way more ready than you will ever believe you are. And then I think the, the final thing I would say to me Mm -hmm. is I would say, At some point, you're going to have to recognize you've done everything you can do Just let God do what God's supposed to do, and he'll take care of the rest.
0: I really like that, man. I just want to go ahead and just say thank you for being on here, Jeremy. How can people get a hold of you? I mean, you got so much information and wealth, you know, and I'm sure people want to get a hold of you. So how would they be able to get a hold of you?
1: well i am definitely like the bit i love social media so you can find me at it's at jeremy nicks on on instagram or just jeremy nicks on facebook i don't do the i don't do like the um The business page stuff i just do me um and um and totally would love to connect you can you can you can also find me at jeremynicks.com and um feel free to grab any of my resources i've got 50 questions for you to ask your kids um i I give all that stuff away but more than anything i just love to connect i love connecting with dudes if you're looking to get healthy you can connect with me there if you're looking to build your dream a little bit and connect with me there um but really just connect with me i'm pretty personable i like to i like to connect with with dudes and, and and um and just help you level up in your health and your wealth. So,
0: well, thank you, bro. This has been awesome to have you on here. And I just thank you for taking, you know, time out of your day to, to just grace us with your presence and just, like I said, dropping all the truth nuggets, bro. And I know that the people that are listening to this are just going to really appreciate everything you put out. So, thank you, Jeremy. God bless you, bro. And uh, uh, we will uh, see you again, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Thank you.